Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony joining after a long summer hiatus. We did record a couple different times, but I had some uh, technical difficulties, so we never did get those released. It is the middle of August on August 15th, and a lot going on in the world of sports. And as predicted back in April, your Cleveland Guardians are currently in first place. And now it's time to bring in my partner, Anthony Kepley. Yeah, Tim, it's great to be back. It's it's amazing that it's already the middle of August, you know. It's crazy to think about, you know, school starts next week for most colleges, universities, if not then, uh, the following week or the next two weeks. And then uh, all the local school districts start again. And high school football starts Thursday. Yeah. It just flew by. Ever since the 4th of July, it has gone at a warp speed. It truly has. Um, And... uh... You know, we talked about it back uh, probably early May. Oh, we'll we record all season long, yeah. and we'll have some fun uh-huh. talking about uh, the upcoming baseball season because, you mm-hmm. know, it'll be uniquely different. And, uh, wow, I said it changed. Uh, Anthony, from opening day that you went to to today, mm-hmm. I want to say there are four new players in the lineup. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you're basically your entire nothing. outfield has changed three times, but, uh, other than straw, you've had your left and right fielders change twice. Let me, uh, why is this not working? And we, and obviously straw Bradley has remained there. Right. Bradley's gone. Grace is gone. Right. Um, oh, Owen Miller is not your. Everyday second baseman. Now, remember they were. Yes. Remember they had uh, Rosario left to start the year. Yeah, and they had, um, and then they had uh, Yu Chang, who would start yeah. the season on they the injured list. Chang, yeah. Uh huh. They had you there. Uh, let's see here. So the opening day lineup, Tim, or the home opener lineup that I saw. Uh, please, Sack's still there. So there's one. There you okay, go. He fit. Okay. Um, Straw, Quan, Jose. All three still there. Fran Mill's gone. Ahmed Rosario's still there. Owen Miller still there, but in the platoon role now. Naylor batted seventh in that lineup, and he played first base. Mercado's gone. Hedges is still there. But the bench players have completely changed. And the bullpen pieces have changed, um, granted some injuries and um, some shuffling of parts. Uh, here and there, so yeah. I mean, it's really I got to give the front office and Francona a lot of credit for handling all the changes that they've made internally, and continue to plug and play players all season long, and basically coming up aces a lot of the times. I'm not saying they're superstars by any stretch. Mm-hmm. However, you look at uh, Gonzalez and what he is attributed when he's been in the lineup. You mm-hmm. now look at um, Benson, who's just got called up, and how his start of his career has gone. And uh, you now have Jones, who uh, is learning to play the outfield and is doing a good job on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how this team has changed and how young it is. We talk about that all the time. But this team is extremely young and and. That's maybe one of the greatest gifts that this team has because they don't know any better. They, yeah, they, they've they really, I think, able to shake things off quickly and come back and be ready to play the next day. You know, Tim, and, that, and you bring up a really good point there because as you and I were talking off the air about summer and playing golf, it's, it's you know, golf, you have to have almost amnesia. Yeah. Like, even if you have a really good hole, you can't, because the next stroke or next win could be errant and way off the mark. And similar in baseball, you know, it's like if you win today, it doesn't mean anything for tomorrow. you got to forget about it and move on. Just like if you have a bad game or a bad inning, you got to forget about it and move on. And it's, you know, a really good point. Tim, I don't know if you caught the first game. I was at work, so I missed most of it. Um but I went back and read some of the recaps, and Savali gave up a run and three hits out of the gate. And then it's 
like he had amnesia and didn't give up a hit after that and struck out nine or ten, um, you know, that's a really good point to what you were making is they almost – are kind of youthfully bliss is what Tito is saying. You know, they won't call him ignorant. That's it. Ignorant to me has a negative connotation, but they're just youthful. They're, they're youthful. Are they youthfully bliss? Like they don't know any better. Yeah, I think you know, that's... they don't know any better. Like they're not supposed to be there. Like, you know, um, people are saying, oh, you can't, you, you shouldn't be there. But their mindset is, is why shouldn't I? And I think, Tim, if you look at it, um, that's really a um, that's really the youthful generation overall in, in this walk of life. In general, it's like, well, why can't I be there? It's all the old, you know, the old guard saying, "Oh, no, wait, your turn," or "Oh, no, you got to go through this first, you got to go through that first. It's like, well, why not us? You know, why? Why can't we be here just because you say we can't be here? And, um, no, I agree with I you. Was, I uh, think that's a lot. It is a generational thing. I'll be honest. Is, yeah. I want to say it's kind of the leadership of the coaching staff, too, who has that mm-hmm. mindset that, you know, you have to move on and be ready for the next opportunity, whatever it may be. If you're a pitcher, you know, a starting pitcher mm-hmm. every fifth day, or if you're a reliever, the next, in the next time you have that opportunity. Uh, if you're a... You know, Owen Miller, who doesn't see the field every day, but maybe every three days, you have to be ready for when your your number is called. And this team has played a lot of doubleheaders, so a mm-hmm. lot of players have seen action. Uh, I think four have made their major league debut. Yeah, yes. yep. amazing. And I think over, I want to say, eighteen to twenty players have appeared in the Guardians uniform this year for them. Um, not all of them have seen action, but they've mm-hmm. been called up at one yes. time or uh-huh. another. Yep. So it has been a a really an amazing uh, thing to watch as this team has uh, found a way to win and believe in themselves. I'll be honest with you. I, I think maybe the turning point where they said, you know, let's just see what we can do had a lot to do with the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Where they kind of kind of went in with a little, uh, you know, less than the last lucker type thing. They needed that break, and then they mm-hmm. came out a little little shaky to start. But then they got they found their grips, and I also think you got the confidence where you had three players make the the All Star team, you mm-hmm. know, and your veteran in Ramirez. But then you had yep. uh, Jimenez, you know, start at second base. And you had Class A who finished out the yep. game with the save. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you've seen the, the, like the, I want to say the light kind of click in, click on on, the, on this team. And you've seen them say, we can do this. We just have to weather some storms along the way. And they have. Uh, the injuries to the pitching staff have been mm-hmm. um, often this year. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned about Savali, I mean, this, he was twice. He was on the injured yeah. list, and mm-hmm. today he threw a terrific game. Uh, and you can look at Tristan uh, McKenzie, how much he has stepped up in the last six weeks and has pitched some really good games. Yes, he's given up some home runs. Yes, some of them untimely. But mm-hmm. uh, in the end, you look at the stretches where he goes five, six, seven innings without giving up a hit, or a base runner is it's just it's amazing uh, some of the, the runs that he has had in between those home runs that he's given up. So uh, you're going to live by the big play. You're going to die by the big play, you know, with him. Uh, he's going to pitch great in between. Uh, you know, he could be the guy who shuts out the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Or he could be the guy who gives up two solo home runs like he did last the other day to uh, Toronto and lose a ball game. But you look at be, all the outs yeah. in between, he's done a great job. Yeah, and, you know, he could be the guy, like you said, that can go, what, seven innings against the Yankees, shut him down one run, or he can come back and be the same guy, gave up two hits and three runs against the Diamondbacks, and it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, you know, last time we talked to him, like you talked about, they were limping. They were 4-16 and 16 their last 20. I believe they even got to, like, 6-16 and 16 or – you know, something like that. It, 
it was an awful stretch of baseball. It was not good. And uh, you, you mentioned the All-Star break. And I go back to the last series before the All-Star break, Tim. Supposed to be a four-game set. Um, got rained out in the Sunday finale against the Tigers team we're playing tonight. And Thursday night, they won, I won't say easily, it's 4 nothing, but you, you never really felt like the game was in jeopardy of being lost. Um, Friday night, you had to come from behind um, after blowing a three-run lead back and forth. And so I really think there is they took that into the All-Star break, and it's like, oh, you sweep going into the All-Star break, you feel good about yourselves. And like you talked about, they kind of, you know, took one step forward, back, you know, they started, I believe, four and four, four and five come out of the break. Um, Grant, I think it was an 11 game road trip when they came out of the all-star break. So yeah, not, it was not a long easy. One. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe Boston where they have never, it, it is the, it, it's a tough ballpark to play at at Fenway. Uh, the white Sox, uh, it, you know, eventually they were bound to split or win a series against us that, after playing so poorly against us this year. And I forget where they went after that, Tim. Well, um, when they, you know, and, yeah, they they went out west, and, you know, and they had their ups and downs. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, they took on uh, Arizona and did well, and then took yeah. on the Dodgers, and it was difficult. And, yeah. But, again. And they won that series, yeah. Right. But, exactly. they. I think that gave them the idea that they can compete. And I then, think the game, uh, I think the, I honestly – Right now, when I look at this team, I look at the game. Mm-hmm. The just recently, the the four game series with Houston, where they Houston, played two yep, bad home, games. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't uh-huh. want to say bad games. They just Houston just outclassed them in two games. They mm-hmm. just actually took advantage of a young team and really. Mm-hmm. But then, the final two games, Cleveland found a way to win, and found a way to get a sweep, not a sweep, but a split in a four game series. Yeah. Where I think going in, if someone said, hey, if we take one out of three, I'll feel okay about this. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I went to that Thursday game against Houston. um, And that was the second game they had after they had acquired Trey Mancini. um, And you look at the scoreboard, and now Justin Verlander, Tim, he might be having the best season of his career coming off the injuries that he has at this stage. It's simply remarkable. Um, and he's been a tough picture of the face. Um, Arizona's Hughes in Detroit. You know, so you, you know, that was tough. But if you look at that line score, it was 6 nothing. we lost. But I don't think Plesak picks that bad. In the one inning that he gave up some runs, I believe the third or fourth, um, three balls were, yeah, three or four balls were infield singles. Plesak. You know, has been the hard 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 luck pitcher this year for yes, this has. team. Yes, he Meaning has. that either yeah. when he's pitched well, they haven't scored a lot of runs, or when he's pitched yep. well, they haven't scored a lot of runs. Yeah, and you know and those things. So little little mistakes turn into big opportunities for his opposition, and they usually you know, they and, usually take advantage of it. Uh, I yeah, I think again, there's another guy who's growing as the season belongs, and then you look at. What Quintrell has done, Quintrell has done this year has been phenomenal. He had a little stretch there, I think, in July where he was, you know, just kind of an average pitcher and with a higher ERA mm-hmm. than he had yeah. uh, the previous two months. But in the last three or four starts, he's really turned it around again. The thing that, you know, you talk about that Houston Jersey, and it's really the Sunday game where they went out, and I believe it was Tristan McKenzie's best start of his career including the game last year in Detroit where he took the no-hitter into the eighth or ninth inning. Right. Um, he simply dominated the Astros. And you won on a Luke Maley home run, his first only home run of the year. Usually, you don't beat the Astros when you only score one run. Uh, so that was a phenomenally pitched game on both sides. And, and I think that was when right there this team was like, oh, hey, this may not be a – cute, fun thing anymore. It's like, hey, we're in this thing. And, you know, you took advantage of Minnesota having a tough stretch finally. And um, the thing that really impressed me, and we've talked about it, Tim, in football, in basketball, and in baseball, is, you know, 
battling through adversity or taking success and taking it to the next level. And the thing that impressed me the most is you split against Houston, two really great wins, as you talked about. You talked on a Saturday win. Um, and then you went to Detroit, where the last time you played the Tigers, as Tito said, it was the only time this year where he had to have a meeting and say, you know, let's get going. Um, and he was not really happy with the ball club. Uh, so you go to Detroit, a team that's dreadful. I mean, they're awful. It might be one of the worst teams we have seen in recent years. They're yeah. just not good across the board. Um, but you go to Detroit, and you beat them. It was not pretty. One game, you were a perfect game after the first inning. Yeah. You know, if you didn't get a hit in the first inning, you were you been perfect game. But you found a way to win the first two games. The last game of the series, you blew in the ninth inning came back in one of the 10 um, and then you, and then you started to get this, Oh, Hey, you know, like there's something going on here that it's, you know, like these guys are now expecting to win the division. It's no longer, Oh, Hey, we're in the race and it's Ju- July or, Oh, Hey, we're in the race and it's, you know, August we're hanging around there. It's like, you know, bam, I think if you're a twins fan, you gotta be feeling, yeah, we made all these moves for a bullpen, and you know, I have friends that are Twins fans. Sam, they're like, "Oh, we we added Tyler Maley, and we, you know, we added Jorge Lopez, we added our bullpen." And I'm like, "They made some nice know, moves." The Maley moves a nice move. I'm like, the Lopez move doesn't do anything for me because I'm like, Rocco Bodelli's still making choices on who comes in the game in the bullpen. It's like, as long as Rocco Bodelli's in Minnesota. I don't fear the twin. Well, because you got to feel like he's going to screw it up sooner or later. And, and I almost feel like them. Um, it was like, you know, for a team that didn't up, have a closer to get a closer at this yeah, stage in the uh-huh. season is huge for them. Now, I do think they have deficiencies, especially in the yes, starting rotation. And, and as this as this too, right? But really, the pitching is my. My thing, because yeah. that's yeah. what's going to keep you in the ball game, and that's what's kept Cleveland in this scenario mm-hmm. that they have been, where they've been battling around, hanging around in second and third place, in in just you know what four or five games at times behind the Twins, and come back up to one or two, yeah. and now they got those three game lead. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Really comes down to I look at the starting pitching of what Cleveland has got. On a, on a daily basis, giving them an opportunity. And when they've asked for others to do uncommon things and succeed, mm-hmm. they've gotten it. And that's the key to sports. You know, that is that is a, a phrase that I learned from Ralph Blundo is uncommon effort. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're going beyond what you normally do to give everything you have that day to give yourself an opportunity to win a ball game. And if that meant that you have a reliever starting a game and giving you into the third inning two -hmm. different times, that's uncommon effort. And you're winning those games. And as you mentioned, you're getting to extra innings and you're winning those games. I think they're like nine yeah. and two in extra innings this year, which is a phenomenal record. Yeah, and how many of those games, Tim? And I don't know off the top of my hand, but how many of those games? And and to me, the extra inning thing—that's interesting too, because the rule they have in place now—you start on second base, right? You know, but it, it, it's even more impressive to me is how many times we've won a game in extra innings as the visiting team. Yes. You know, because right there, you've got to score two runs. We talked about it because the home team, you know, they know what they need, and it can be a bunt, sack, fly, and there you go. And it's like they got to run, but you almost have to play for. Um, you know, Rick you Manning probably says runs. it yeah. best about extra innings the way it's designed now is you really got to think no matter if you're home or away, you need to score two runs. And there have been many times where the Guardians have been able to score multiple runs in a 10th or 11th frame to win a ball game. And that's really been, you know, really key to that success. Uh, and obviously it, it's your relievers. And you got to give you got to give Class A a lot of credit for any time they're at home to close out the ninth inning yep. to get to the 10th inning. you got to yep. give uh, 
all your relievers, you know, who have struggled at different times. All Tim of them Hanks have struggled have at done, different times, but yes. they've all sold. They all have risen to the occasion a few times. So you got to give them all credit. I mean, like I mentioned and, about Shaw starting, but you got to look at you know Trevor Steffen, who's probably getting the most work he's ever had in his lifetime. Yes. And yeah. you know he's going to get some bumps in the road. There's no question about it. And he's had them. But he's also had some success along the way, too. Well, the thing that impressed me, and as um, nerve-wracking as he is, uh, James Karinczak has pitched very well since he's been uh, called up uh, since his injury from uh, Columbus in last year. Uh, and what really impressed me last week, like I talked about, is he loaded the bases against the Tigers, and he couldn't throw a strike and find the zone if he stepped up there and placed the ball on the tee. But but somehow he battled through it. He had the mental fortitude um, to just trust his fastball. Like Tito said, trust your stuff. Your stuff's good enough. And he got back-to-back big strikeouts, and they won the game. And, yeah. Uh, that's, and say what you want about his antics. Agree with it, disagree with it. Um, that's something he was not doing last year. If well, he walked the bases loaded, he wasn't going to win the game for you. Well, yeah. I mean, he is who he is. I mean, he's always yeah, he he's is. always been a jittery guy. And he's going to, you know, flip the ball around. He's always been that type of personality on the mound. Uh, Mark the Bird Fridrich style. Not necessarily yep. talking to the ball, but always, you know, antsy. And that's, yeah. that's his personality, and that's fine. I have only one suggestion to him, and that is... If this team continues to play well and is able to make the playoffs, go get your freaking shot. Be part of the team. Yeah, because uh, if you have to go play Toronto, play the Blue Jays. Yeah, if you have to go play Toronto, I want my full team there. I don't want. Yeah, you don't want. I don't want a selfish uh, player sitting at home saying, "Oh, I just didn't want to do that." Because there's a chance you could play in Toronto. Not saying you will. There's a chance. I don't know the. uh, You know. I don't know the playoff. Well, if you win your division, right now, you're going to have a home game. That's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. So right you won't need it. Right. But so, yeah. you'll have the home game if you win the division. But if you do sneak into one of those three wild card positions, anything's yeah. possible. And we already know Toronto is competing for a wild card. No one's catching I the Yankees. No one's catching the... And no one's catching. I was going to say no one's catching the Astros. You know the Yankees and Astros are in as divisional winners. Yes. So and the, all, what, and the third division winner would be us. Correct in the central in division. That. Whoever wins or, the central. Yes. Um, and but like you talked about though, I think if you sneak in as the last wild card team, you're going to Toronto in the first round. Tim, I think. Yeah. If you get if you uh, end yeah. up. In the wild card, as one of the three yeah, wild cards, the first there's round. a one in three chance that you'll play Toronto in Toronto. I mean, I mean, just that's yeah. a fact. It could happen. So uh, I, I would hope, no matter what the case may be going forward, that they have that discussion with him and he recognizes the need to be a team player and uh, and do what's necessary. And because uh, let's be honest, when the game counts the most in October, you want a full team. You don't want a guy being selfish and not playing. And and that's the bottom line. And that's all I got to say yeah, on the matter. Yeah, I um, I for one, after the four and sixteen, six and sixteen, whatever it was, it was ugly uh, stretch. I I didn't think this team on August fifteenth or whatever today's date is would be three games up in first. I just I didn't see that coming. I don't um, necessarily. Like you see, talked about. Yeah. I don't know. I'm they sorry. They weather the storms. You know, they took on water there. And you want to talk about games that really turned the tide for them. I'll go a step further. I don't even know if it was a game that turned the tide, but I really think it was them not doing anything at the deadline that showed these young kids like, hey, they believe in me. I'm not going to have to look over my shoulder. I can go play my game. You know, play baseball like I've been doing my whole life. Let's go have fun. Well, I think that definitely could have been a jolt in the in the right direction for the for the players on the team. 
I also believe that it was a combination of many factors. It's not that they didn't want to make a move. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. couldn't. There are times where you just don't have the correct move to make. Uh, you're not yeah. willing to give up certain players for certain, you know, for a rental or the players that you wanted, you couldn't come to a deal with. Like, for example, uh, the catcher in Oakland, who Oakland, yeah. yeah, they wanted desperately from every indication that I've read and everybody they, I've they seen, him, yeah. they, that was who they went after. They just couldn't come to an agreement on who they were going to give up for him. Um, and they, and, and Oakland wanted a fortune for him and, you yeah, know, he was under control. Right. And understandable. Uh, yeah. but you know, Oakland could look at it and say, we can trade him this winter just as easy as we could do it now. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. you know, those are the things that happen in sports. Uh, sometimes you get to a trade deadline and you just can't find the right partner. Uh, and sometimes a trade falls through. It happens. Uh, we've seen it. In 2016, with a catcher, where the catcher, yeah, Don Lucroy, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Was it a position we talked about all year? What were the two positions we talked about all season? They needed an upgrade, either catcher or catcher in the outfield. The yeah, yeah, and in DH, those three things, and yeah, and by just a combination of finding new outfielders that through the system, yep. and having uh, Naylor. Emerge as your first baseman. Mm-hmm. You've you've improved those positions now. You've even improved it more because you have uh, you know Jones who could probably play first. You have Benson who's learning to play first. You have even more options going forward than you did uh, back in April when Bobby Bradley was on the roster yeah. and Bradley Zimmer were on the roster. I mean yeah. these, these these and Oscar Mercado. All three of them are gone. And that reason is they were clogging up your 40-man roster to give these others who've now earned the right to show what they can do. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, being a young team. Sometimes a young team just doesn't know better, and they learn yeah, to win you're, you're because exactly right. each and every game is important to them, and they've learned to play the right way. And let's, let's be honest. You're playing every day. If you're a, a player who comes up as a young player, and you see Ahmad Rosario, who's not the best shortstop in the world. We know that defensively. Give everything he's got to improve defensively as much as he has this season. Yeah. And run mm-hmm. out every hit. Never, yep. ever have you yep. seen that exactly. guy not run hard. And exactly. you see uh, Ramirez do the exact same thing as a veteran who's 28, 27, 28 years yep. old. And we're uh-huh. calling him a veteran. You know, uh, but my whole point is that is how this team wins. You see the intensity of a nailer who's getting his first real opportunity at the major league level on a daily basis. And that has really been the key. And, you know, if you told me back in April that Fermil Reyes would be, you know, released after the all-star break, I said, you're absolutely nuts. It'll never happen. This is a guy who hits 30 home runs a year. And it was the correct move. Yeah, it was the correct move. He he just... And it's, you know, um, and I think it's, and maybe I'm wrong when I say this, um, but just from reading uh, between the lines and reading different articles and watching the broadcast and listening to Rick Manning and Matt Underwood and Andre Nott and Jensen Lewis and Al Pulowski, um it's not that they didn't feel like Reyes couldn't re- regain or refine that swing of his. It's just like you talked about. Um, they had guys that have proven they can get at bats too, and you know they kind of asked him to play the outfield, and he didn't really put in the work to do that. The younger kids did put in the work to do that, and it's like, um, yeah, you're going to play those who want to play, and you have, you know. Race was paid to hit home runs, right? Let's be honest. Yeah, he absolutely. He was paid to knock in 80, 90 RBIs and 30 home runs. That's what he was acquired for back for Trevor Bauer. Um, and he wasn't doing it. And when he was getting on the fastball, they were just singles. Well, I think what they felt is, well, we got kids here who can – get on fastballs and hit singles, and 
they're willing to play left field. They're willing to play first base. They're willing to play DH. You know, they're willing to play all over. And he, by all accounts, wasn't really keen on playing right field, even though he said he wanted to play right field. But saying it and actually putting the work to do it, like you mentioned, Nolan Jones, who's not a right fielder by trade, he's a third baseman. He's putting the work, and he has a cannon for an arm in right field. Yeah, Oscar yeah. Gonzalez, who's raw in the outfield, he has a bazooka. You know, um, here's so, you know, not just to hit your point, and that's not uncommon. If you're a third baseman shortstop and you're moving yep, to the mm-hmm. outfield, you move to right field because you have the arm strength. That is yes. normal yes. baseball yes. vernacular. Uh-huh. If you go all the way back, uh, back in the eighties, Corey Snyder was that yeah. perfect mm-hmm. example of a guy who was a third baseman shortstop coming up through the minor leagues. And when he got to the major leagues, was moved to the outfield. And he was a right fielder from primarily most of his career for that reason because he had the strong arm. And there's many others. I'm just using him as an example. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, matter of fact, look at Ramirez. When he broke in at the major league level, yeah. he had to play the outfield. He played right field. Yes, he did. And uh-huh. that's just the way it works. Um and then he obviously settled in at uh, third base with a few base, uh, yep. opportunities at second base and other places along the way. But that's just showing you what you were talking about, willing to do what you necessary to do to be on the field. And, yeah, young players know that they want to be at the major league level and they want to – they'll do whatever it takes to secure a spot on the on the twenty six-man roster. I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't care who you are. If you're a left-handed specialist back in the day or if you're a fifth starter or if you're the sixth starter who keeps coming up and down, you want every opportunity you can to prove who you are. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that tonight in the game two of an amazing game where we've seen Hernandez, excuse me, uh, Jimenez hit the three-run dinger to, uh, you know, give him the lead late in the ball game in game one and to win that one. And, you know, Andres Jimenez has just been phenomenal in what he has uh, settled in. And uh, you look up the middle right now, and you feel pretty good. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, your catcher's still weak. We know that. Okay, but, we both but, we both know neither Maley yeah. nor Hedges is someone you're gonna you're gonna pencil in every day and say, oh, that's a great catcher. We know that already. No, but but I'll say this, Tim, and you know I've been very critical of uh, both especially Hedges. Yes. But since the trade deadline when they did not acquire Sean Murphy, I believe Hedges and Maley are on like a history. Whenever one of them plays, they have a hit. Well, they're hitting like 300. Yeah, no, I mean, let's be honest. They're producing. Yes, yeah, yesterday, Hedges came through with a big hit. Yes, and exactly. He has. They all have. Uh, a different. And when I mean, when I say they all have, anybody that's been on the field for this team has contributed mm-hmm. sometimes some way. Some in a more powerful impact type thing. But we're seeing, yeah. like I said, remember early in the year, Anthony, we were talking about uh, Rosario and I says, look, in the end of the day, he's going to hit 290 and he's going to do exactly yeah. what you expect him to do with the pad. And he is. Yeah. He just got yeah. off to a slow start. He it seems to be his nature. Uh, but we've he's seen that last him. year. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that last year yeah. and we're seeing it again this year. And the effort, you know, at the plate is always going to be there. Now, you know, does that make him a superstar? No, it just means he's an no. everyday player. And, uh, you know, one of maybe the best moves they ever made is this year is they didn't trade the guy who they thought that exactly. would be the most tradable player on your exactly. starting uh, eight. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, he was, it, it's baseball, and you just never know what the storyline is going to be. If you, you know, going into even the first or second week of July, it was, okay, well, having a nice year, but um, – Ahmed Israel will not be wearing a Gardens uniform post August 2nd after the trade deadline. And he's not great defensively, but as you touched on, he's gotten better to the point where now you look at the middle and Jimenez and Rosario and you feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, you feel comfortable um, slotting those two out there. And uh, I looked at the lineup today, Tim. And I saw Alcumenes in fourth. I'm like, huh, that's different. 
but it made a ton of sense because when you need a big hit this year, it's not been Jose almost all the time. Jimenez leads baseball in RBIs after the seventh inning, an yeah. average after the seventh inning. You know, I, like nine home runs, and eight of them have given them the lead. It's it's staggering. To um, use a cliche that has been used many times in sports, you every Batman needs his Robin. Ramirez yep. is your Batman. Yep. And yep. this team has thought it's Robin was Reyes. As this, uh-huh. in the last couple of years, uh-huh. as they were growing, yeah, it turns out this season it's Jimenez. Jimenez, yeah, yeah, and it's just it is who it is. I mean, he's earned that reputation and that and that label right now because he's well, done. The, he's the most successful hitter you have in the lineup, other than Ray. Oh, excuse me, Ramirez every day. Yeah. In the lineup, and then you go to Rosario, who's who's done a fantastic job, and you look at Naylor and what he brings to the lineup. They're all different type of hitters, and you can talk about, but what you're talking about being a person who, uh, with two outs, runners at second and th- or first and third, like we seen in yep. the first game, where you had first yep. and third, nobody out, and the next two go out, either a strikeout yep. or a pop up, if uh-huh. I remember correctly, and then your here comes your your most clutch hitter of your team this season, other than Ramirez. And what's he do? He deposited one into the seats and you're up three, you know, a three run dinger and you go on to win four to one. And that, that's what I'm talking about. A team with a short memory and understanding, you know, opportunities. And uh, you have to uh, just, you know, he reminds me, uh, Andres Jimenez reminds me of a, Robbie Alomar, yes, uh, uh-huh. a shortstop coming up who played second base with a strong arm. Defensively, mm-hmm. going to be superior in the long yep. term if you leave him there. And yep. other than not being a switch hitter, um, he gives he never quits on a play, and that was Alomar in his entire yep. career. So, uh, yeah, if I had to make a comparison, they're different body types, they're different type of players. But yes. they bring that type of attitude and charisma, I think, to the position and to the plate. And that is an important part of the storyline. Yeah, it's a great point, Tim. Um, you remember last year, um, first part of last year when Jimenez was given the chance to be the shortstop there because they had Rosario on the left field to start the year. Mm-hmm. He was really struggling at the plate, and they had to send him down. He came back up and was kind of – a little bit better than they sent him back down again and called him back up again. And then he started to um, slowly take off. And now this year, it's like he's a whole new player. He's a whole new player compared yeah. to last year. It's I not- think last September he found out he can play. Yes. And exactly. I think he reminded him. Let me rephrase the that. Went on. I think his rookie season in New York in the short season uh-huh. of 2020, he knew he can yep. play. He had his uh-huh. first real slump when he came to Cleveland and had trouble uh-huh. finding his way, got out of that slump late last season, and ever uh-huh. since has lived up to his capabilities and has surprised and also been a pleasant surprise to yes, yes. Uh, everybody who's a Guardian fan and watching him uh, perform each and every week. But I think we're seeing a, a player that's just coming into his own. All right, Anthony. Uh, we spent almost a half hour talking baseball. Could talk probably another two hours, you and I, on baseball. Yeah. But yep. on Thursday night, our high school football season begins as we will be in Howland for the traditional opener between Howland and Niles. This time we'll be mm-hmm. in Howland on a Thursday night. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And uh, we got a couple other people that are going to be showing up, too. So um, hard to believe that football season is here. Mm-hmm. It's going to go in a blink of an eye. The next 10 weeks are going to shoot by faster than anything. We're going to be talking about being going to that game in a polo shirt and shorts and, and uh-huh. tennis shoes to, yeah, did you bring your parka with you and do you have your gloves because there's no heater in this booth come no. uh, late October, early November. 
Sam, I remember, uh, that's a great point. It's, uh, it's commonly referred to by everyone as the fastest 10 weeks in sports. Um, I think the off season now is the fastest off season in sports. If you look at it and it's already August 19th and it's uh, the regular season opener for most teams. Um, you make a good point. We'll be sitting there, and it's now weekly, Tim. Is We'll go to a game one week in shorts and T-shirts, and the next week we'll be there in jeans and a jacket and a hoodie and gloves, and it's like last week was 80 degrees, and this week it's like 40 degrees or 50 degrees, and it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then you look up again, and it's snowing, and it's a state championship week, and it's like, holy crap, it's uh, – it, it's incredible that uh, football season's already here. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting as we go through it all. Uh, your NFL watch will be with your Broncos with a brand-new quarterback this year, a Super Bowl champion quarterback. But we've talked about that before for the uh, Denver Broncos picking up a Super Bowl champion at quarterback. Uh, are you excited about the idea uh, what's going on in Denver this uh, this summer slash fall? Tim, I'll give you a, an honest answer. You know, I'm brutally honest. I have not given uh, football really much thought at all um, since the bowl games into last year. Like I, I just, totally like understand. It not been, like it has not been um, like YSU. I got my season take. I have to look at that. But, you know, kind of put them in the drawer. That was where I was going next. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll get him back out uh, September second. But uh, no, I really haven't. Uh, I've really not thought about much football until you texted me last week about, hey, uh, Howland Niles on Thursday at seven. Um, you know, I like I guess I've been really busy doing other stuff and right. Um, yeah, no. With baseball still going on, like it, you know, it it seems to be baseball. And it was gonna be something, you know, something to watch, something to pass the time. And now you're sitting here, we're recording here August 15th at 7.30, and whether you planned on it or not, you're in the middle of a pennant race, Tim. Yeah, we are. And, it uh, should be fun. So, uh, oh, no, like, I keep telling, like I keep telling guys at work, you know, oh, you, you know, oh, you got this preseason game, you got that. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm planning on watching baseball now until mid-October when I – was planning on stopping watching baseball in July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's, um, you know, something that had become, Oh, we'll watch the kids pass the time, see what they do for next year. Now it's like, <laughs> crap. it's like every single game you're, you know, you're living on the edge of each pitch. And especially with this team who has, um, you know, Never really seems to be out of a game. They may not win every game, but they're going to give themselves a chance. So, no, Tim, I have not really um, given football much thought. Um, Thursday night will be the first time I have watched a football thrown since uh, the national championship game last year. Well, actually, you did go to the uh, spring game, correct? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't go to the spring game this year. I thought you went to the spring Wait. game at YSU. I did. I did. I did. You're right. <laughs> I've had so much stuff going on. I've had stuff going on. It's like I forget what I've done. Yes, I did go. Um, hey, we're 19 days away from the uh, opening kickoff for for the Penguins. Yeah, and, um, and that means know, the uh, the Ice Castle report will yeah. be returning here soon. Yeah, the Ice Castle report will be back this year for – I believe our fourth or fifth year, Tim. It's incredible. It's been uh, that long. And um, looking at the schedule, we've talked about the schedule, and we'll break it down more in the Ice Cash Report in the coming weeks. Uh, you don't play South Coast State. You don't play Northern Iowa. Um, so that's two gen- two favorable breaks there, um, in my opinion. And I could be wrong. Um, but I believe you get the second-best team um, power five wise in your, you know, buy game, your money game in Kentucky this year. I don't think enough people are talking about Kentucky. I think Kentucky can win 10 games and um, compete in the SEC this year. Um, and we got to go there. And it, since the playoffs in 2016, it's going to be your toughest stretch. Uh, Kentucky, North Dakota State, North Dakota, 
um, a team that has aspirations of being a New Year's Six team. And, you know, North Dakota State, what have they done besides just win, what, like 10 to the last 12 national championships? Something insane like that. And then North Dakota, who beat you last year, who's a uh, perennial playoff team. So yeah. uh, Penguins have a lot of room to improve. Uh, by all accounts, defense is improving. Um, the offensive line is still uh, in flux. And, uh, you know, like we talked about in April, Tim, after the spring game, uh, this year's put up or shut up. It if is. you win six, seven games and you say, hey, things are going in the right direction because you can't win four or five games and go, oh, hey, look at us. Things are going in the right direction. Now, let me say this, Tim. Um, and this is opposite of what I saw in uh, April, but you look more about it, you read more about it, you understand more about it. Um, you know, the COVID excuses are gone. Let's stop using that. Let's stop using, oh, the Bo Pelini excuse and we didn't have enough talent coming in. Uh-uh. That's done. Stop talking about that. You don't play Northern Iowa. You don't play South Dakota State. Um, six wins this year kind of would be a disappointment because you got to think two of them are going to be Dayton and Duquesne. So four, you know, four so If you only wins, win four wins in your conference, then it's a terrible year. When two of those, Tim, when two of those – should be Western Illinois and, and, and Indiana State. State. Perennial yeah. last place teams were not very good. By the way, both teams whipped the Penguins last year. So who knows? So like you talked about, Tim, uh, kind of feel seven wins. If you don't get seven wins this year, um, playoffs or not, you got seven wins is the benchmark. You said it in April. You don't get seven wins. You're kicking them out of standby for the uprights. Um you get some wins. I think it's time to you're not only looking at a replacement for uh, President Trussell, but uh, you might be looking at a replacement football coach again. And uh, yeah, well, the let's put it this way: cycle keeps turning. I'm sure the person who heard that door uh, when he got that email from President Trussell that saying that this uh-huh. he was leaving the uh-huh. university. Uh-huh. I think the one who shuddered the most. Was Coach Phillips? Was Phillips. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I agree, and that's just the truth of the matter is, uh, it like you said, it is a make or break season for him, and that that's the bottom line. And it doesn't matter. And you're when you're in sports, we all know this. It's a win loss. What yep. have you done for me lately? Type it's kind world. Of yep. Ask exactly. for Mill Reyes about exactly. that, and that's exactly. exactly how it works. So. It, you're not saying he can't rebound, and I, you know, hey, I'm the first to say I, there's nothing better. It sounds to me than an 11-0 season for for the Penguins. Now, is that realistic? No, but am I shooting for that? Sure, why not? Uh, but I don't want to see a four-win season. I don't want to see a six-win season. Uh, anything like that is is just you know you're in you're basically treading water or you're playing in the mud. So who cares? Um, you're just not improving, and it is time. This is his third season as head coach, and it's now time for him to um, show show the wins. Bottom line. Yeah, this is your second full season. It's time to put up or shut up. You don't yeah. have any excuse yeah. anymore. Whatever the you case have, may be. Um, you have a top 15 uh, rusher in all the country coming back. You have a top – you have the um, freshman of the year in – uh, Demetrius Crenshaw coming back. You have receivers coming back. Yep. Uh, you have depth at running back coming back. Um, your defense has added uh, tremendous the, amount of talent. Yeah, the uh, the defense you know added Greg Benton, a linebacker from Western Illinois. Tim, uh, he was third in Missouri Valley last year in tackles. Um, you added a Big Ten starting safety who started in the playoffs. Yes. Let's say it like it is. You know, you added a safety that started in the college football playoffs. He knows what it takes to get to the national championship game. You added him. And, for shut up. and I'll be honest, they All added, the they added one of the best athletes in high school football this past year, too, in, in Wells from Newcastle. And they got to use him. they got to find a way to get him on the field yeah. and use him. He's just a dynamic player 
that you want on the field. And and, uh, and, and Tim, they, as much as they I have to find a way to get it done. I like that, and I agree. Um, you know, this is a coaching staff that has refused to find a way to get Dre Russian on the field when you and I saw him play three positions in one game and score from all three positions and be like, yeah, oh, crap, this kid's a dude. You know, yeah. he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can beat you over the top. He can catch the ball. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's so, going to it's gonna be an interesting year for the Penguins, and there's going to be a lot of ups I, and downs, and there's a lot that they need to do. We, and I know I've said that we should beat Duquesne, and we should. There is no excuse. Uh, we should always beat Duquesne. But this Duquesne team, Tim, made the playoffs last year, and they beat Ohio U last year. So, And they're already going to have a game underneath their belt. Granted, they got to go play Florida State, but that – the improvement you made from week one to week two we talked about in high school football, it's huge. So Duquesne's going to come in. They're going to, you know, they're going to be. They're going to be ready. They're going to be ready to play. Yeah, they're going to be ready. Yeah. You know, this is going to be their Super Bowl. And uh, and they know what it takes to beat teams. Uh, they made a playoffs last year and beat a MAC team. So uh, this won't be your traditional uh, roll your helmet out there opener and get it done and get out healthy because uh, Duquesne's a lot better football team than that. And they might be as good as you, Tim. They you know, very well may be. They, they All right, be hey, Anthony, we've run out of time here tonight. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the first week of high school football action and more baseball coming your way right here on Radio MVP. For Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you next time. Remember, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP.